And uh, really my first investment was uh, jump straight into buying a piece of real estate. So I think I was like 18 years old, bought a bank repo, uh, fixed it up, sold it. And uh, that was in the mid nineties. And then the late nineties um, started getting into uh, the internet boom and started uh, trading those, those things called internet stocks back then. Um, and so I've just kind of been in the game ever since. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome, Money Talkers. Um, I am here with a special guest today, someone I've known for a little while, and uh, his name is Mark Moss. Uh, he's a speaker, a trainer, a coach around investment strategies. Uh, he's got an exploding YouTube channel that you need to check out named Mark Moss. Uh, he's also a father, husband, and uh, got a pretty good diverse background and a whole lot of different investing uh, options. So we're going to dive into that today. Thanks for coming on the show, Mark. Yeah, thanks so much, Cody. Appreciate it. Uh, fun to be here. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, listen, uh, I usually like to start off this kind of so our audience knows who they're, who they're listening to. Like, um, when did you start getting into investments? Man, I think as soon as I started making money. <laughs> Probably, uh, I mean, uh, realistically, probably, uh, you know, around 18, 19 years old. Um, and uh, really, my first investment was uh, jump straight into buying a piece of real estate. So I think I was like 18 years old, bought a bank repo, uh, fixed it up, sold it. And uh, that was in the mid 90s. And then the late 90s um, started getting into uh, the internet boom and started uh, trading those, those things called internet stocks back then. Um, and so I've just kind of been in the game ever since. So how did you know the words bank repo at 18 or 19 years old? Well, and, and, and uh, at that you know, time too, you know, the, the net worth is in your network, right? So uh, my best friend at the time, his, uh, his grandfather actually owned a, a local bank and um, they had a private equity uh, division, like hard money lender. And uh, he had been working with uh, this young Mexican kid that barely spoke English in downtown Los Angeles. And he was buying these HUD repos, fixing them up and selling them. This was in the mid nineties when, um, so in California, the real estate market collapsed from like 89 to 92, just like the worst crash well, since before 2008. Um, so the bank was sitting on all these repos. And so this, this young Mexican kid that could barely speak Spanish was buying these HUD repos and fixing them and selling them and just making just a ton of money. And, um, so my best friend's grandfather, my roommate, um, the grandfather says, Hey, um, you know, to this, to this Mexican kid, uh, Lorenzo, he said, Hey, I've been helping you make a bunch of money take my grandson under your wing and show him how. And so my, my friend, his grandson started doing it with him. And then I'm like over here, like, Hey, I'm on the <laughs> sideline. I want to jump in too. Um, 
And so um, I didn't really get um, the first hand training directly from Lorenzo, but I saw what was going on. And that's how I learned about bank repos. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't know, I wouldn't have known otherwise. Um, and uh, I didn't, you know, it seemed like a perfect opportunity because I didn't have any money. I mean, I was 18 years old, I didn't have any money. And uh, uh, I was able to buy one from the VA, it was a VA repo and they sold it to me zero down, no money. Um, and so I had to come up with closing costs, like 3000 bucks, um, which I didn't have. So I brought in a partner just so I could cover the, the $3,000 to close on it. Um, and then we had to come up with the money to fix it up. So we got some credit cards and stuff like that, did most of the work ourselves. And that first property made like 30 grand, which was like more than I could ever imagine. Um, oh, that's like hitting a lotto at 18, 19 years old. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then we just parlayed it, you know, into another one, another one, another one. Oh, that's awesome, man. And that's, uh, I think a lot of people get worried about that with real estate investing. They think there's all these too many barriers and it's still like, just go, you know, like go, go try, like, go. you don't know, you know, the, you know, the answer is no, if you don't ask. Right. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, with anything, I, I think what pe people are afraid of risk. Um, but I think they don't realize that there's risk in everything. So there's risk in taking that chance, but there's also risk in not taking that chance. Well, I think there's even more risk in not taking the chance, just probably from my entrepreneurial background, but like you put your money in the bank and you get 0.15% interest on it and inflation is 2%. You're literally losing money. Like, you know that risk. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, but there was also what's, you know, lost opportunity costs. So I didn't have any money. So that money wasn't going to be making me anything, but I was basically able to take no money and just my sweat equity and uh, turn it into real money. Um, and, you know, the, the old saying, uh, I, I always win, right? I, I either win or I learn. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of truth to that um, if you apply it properly. And so in that example, even if I would have barely made any money or maybe even lost a little bit of money, I would have learned so much. And as long as I would have kept using that education, it would have been worth it. Um, and so, yeah, it wasn't a matter of just putting money in the bank and it losing, which is obviously a big problem as you've identified. Um, but this was um, the lost opportunity. I mean, I went on to build a $20 million real estate empire, you know, over the next 10 years. And if I never would have started that first one, I would have missed out on all that. Yeah, I, I, I definitely understand. I, um, there was a time in my life that I bought a half million dollar house with $300 in my bank, <laughs> but you know, so I think that's probably why you and I kind of gravitated to talk to each other because you know, it's, uh, you gotta be able to take that step without seeing this, you know, the next stone, you know, and, and, and start working and, and just do that one step at a time type deal. Yeah. And something that you had mentioned earlier, which is, uh, what I believe maybe is the most powerful word word in, in human language, which is how. And so, you know, a lot of times we tell ourselves that we can't do things. Um, and really, if you just change that word to how, how can I do this thing? Um, amazing things happen. And so, you know, people have all these false beliefs. They tell themselves as to why they can't do things. I don't have any money. I don't have any time. I don't know how to do it. Um, but the better question is how, how could I get the money? How could I find the time? How could I learn how to do it? Right. And, um, as I just told you my story and as I've done over and over and over again, um, yes, you need money to make money. Yes. But it doesn't have to be your money. <laughs> and so um, there's a big difference, right? And what I always tell people, if you have a good enough idea, a good enough deal, there's always money available. Well, that's the thing you got. Uh, well, you kind of mentioned a couple of things right there. Like you don't, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. Like I get that a bit, but if you're still out there saying, I don't know how that is nobody's fault, but your own right now, because everything that you want to learn 
is available to you now. This isn't like, you know, even when you said the mid nineties, right? If you mm -hmm. want to learn how to do real estate investing, but there's a lot of resources now, you know, right. at your yeah, age, then like, then. yeah, you, but you happen to know somebody that knew somebody and knows, you know what I mean? And that kind of worked out, but you still had to go get it and figure it out. Like not knowing how should not be an excuse for anybody right now. Yeah. And like I said, I didn't even have access to the coach. I just, that's how I found out about it. So I, I kind of had to go figure it out on my own. Um, so anyway, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, if you, um, if you want it, if you want it, you're going to go get it, you know, where, where there's a will, there's a way. And I think yeah. that's, that's really the biggest takeaway is that where there's a will, there's always going to be a way. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you, like you said, if you want it, you can go get it and you just have to get, you have to take that step though. You know, that's the thing that like, I think a lot of people, they want to spend too much time learning how to do something and not actually trying to do it. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and figuring out like, you're going to make the same mistakes, whether you do it now or you do it five years from now, then you might as well make them now because those mistakes are going to turn into your advantage in five years. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, you gotta, you gotta take action. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen unless you do. Yeah. That's um, so what did, uh, so how did you, how did you turn that into getting into like speaking and, and training and those kinds of things? Like that's a big, that's a big difference than, uh, as just a, as a real estate investor, like you said, you went more into stocks. Did you, well, you know, I've been, I, I, I'm, I'm, my, my history is, uh, unfortunately doesn't sound so good, but it's kind of, uh, I guess you might say like a jack of all trades, master of none. And so, um, just kind of, uh, that's just been my background my whole life. Like, uh, my parents wanted me to experience everything because they said, you never know what you'll be good at. So I've literally played every musical instrument. I haven't mastered them all, but I've taken one or two years at, at a minimum of lessons into each instrument, right? Um, I've played every sport there is, right? I didn't get college scholarships for any of them, but I've played them all at a pretty good level. Um, I, I grew up in Southern California, so I'm an action sports guy. So um, snowboarding, motocross, surfing, skateboarding, those are my passions, and I do them at a pretty high level, but like almost good enough to maybe go pro in some of those, but never did, right? So, uh, and so into business and making money, kind of the same thing. Um, where, um, yeah, I've done a, a ton of real estate investing. I've also invested into lots of businesses. I've done stock investing, obviously. Um, I've started a ton of businesses. I mean, I've started dozens of businesses. I've had, I think, eight different businesses scale to a, a million dollars plus in 12 months. I've done, I've had a Fortune 500 exit, um, you know, sold companies. Um, and so I've just done, I've done a lot of different things. Um, and because I'm always trying different things, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a jacking, jack of all trades, master of none. And so um, real, real quickly, if I go through my story, so um, yeah, real estate was going really good. I was also building businesses at the same time. I had two different businesses that, that, that were crushing it. Um, in like 2006, I sold two of those businesses off. One of them was to a Fortune 500 company um, and made a ton of money. Um, and I took everything and just put it on the line into real estate. And, um, that didn't work out too good in 2008. And, um, I ended up neg negative millions of dollars in the hole. So all my businesses, all my investments, everything I had done, I put it all on the line and lost it all and, uh, it came out in a hole. And so that was uh, pretty painful as you might imagine. I mean, I had just, uh, just turned 30, just retired, just kind of hit all my goals, just had my first kid, um, just built this custom house that we were living in. And now I had nothing, you know? And so, uh, I basically had to rebuild myself from scratch, which was a, which was a painful process as, as anyone could imagine. Um, I, I stuck to, I, I, I'd been really involved in marketing. So I'd done a lot of, uh, one of my businesses was, a uh, was, I was an early pioneer in the internet 
And so one of my businesses was all marketing, uh, doing online marketing. And so I started doing online marketing, lead generation. Um, and uh, because I had been involved in technology and the internet in early, early stages, um, it let me get into cryptocurrencies very early. And um, being an internet marketer and being in cryptocurrencies, uh, you know, 2015-ish, um, 2016, people started getting really interested. And so all my friends were like, hey, what about this one? And what about that one? And how do I do this? And how do I that? And I got tired of answering the questions over and over. So I just started recording videos and, and uh, then like, hey, well, what are you buying? What are you holding? So I just put my portfolio online so all my friends and family could track it. Uh, long story short, that turned into like a subscription newsletter where people were paying me to follow along with what I was doing. Um, and I grew that really big. I grew that to thousands of subscribers and, uh, and kind of became uh, one of the foremost experts in the cryptocurrency space. And so then that led to um, people wanting me to come talk and lecture and things like that. So it was kind of like a natural evolution. And I know, um, you know, I know you want to kind of address this somewhat to kids and parents and of kids and whatnot. And I think, you know, you don't always know exactly what you're going to do. You just kind of follow the path. Right. And so um, it wasn't like I set out to go like, oh, I'm going to go be a speaker and a trainer. It was um, what I was doing attracted enough attention to where people then wanted me to come talk to them about it. And um, so it was just kind of like following a natural path. And then um, and so anyway, that, that's how I got there. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. I'm just listening because it's, uh, you know, I, I, it, <laughs> it's crazy because I was in a lot of the similar paths and, and, you know, 08 was, uh, at 27, you know, I tell people at 27 years old, I was basically a millionaire and I, I mean, I was a millionaire and I was like at 28, I was basically bankrupt, you know? Right. And so, uh, I, people ask me like, well, how, that must've been terrible. I'm like, well, I wouldn't, I didn't like going through it. <laughs> But I also wouldn't change it if you gave me the opportunity because I felt like I needed I might change it if I had the chance. <laughs> <laughs> I needed I felt like I think I needed that in my life. Uh, you know, I, I had to make some a tough, tough uh road back, but uh I'm glad I did because instead of being such a uh paper tiger, uh, you know, it was worth chance it gave me a chance to really learn from some people and have some humble humbleness, more humbleness in my life, you know. Yeah. And uh and then realize, like, you know what we said earlier, like, you never really fail, man. You either, you either learn from it or you win, you know? And, uh, and that's, a, that's a big takeaway because some people think that they're not born ready to – they're not born to be successful or they're not born in the right scenario that they can go out and do the things they see people doing, and it's total nonsense. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I said, you know, there's something to that, right? So you don't always um, – you don't always win. Um, if, you know, if you lose, hopefully you learn, but only if that's leading to where you want to go. So it's always, it is always important to understand like, where is it I'm ultimately trying to go? And is this thing I'm trying ultimately going to get there? Because I could end up wasting my time and learning lessons that don't really do anything for me. And yeah. so an example of that would be <clears throat> like, I was, uh, I'm consulting with, uh, with a client and, uh, they were, they were like, um, you know what, I'm ready just to give up on my business and um, I'm just going to get a job being a sales rep. I think I can make 200 grand a year and I'm just ready to go do that. And uh, I said, okay, let's play that out, right? Let's play that out. So let's say that you're, you're super successful as that sales rep. Let's say that everything works out. You become super successful. You're making 200 grand a year. What does your life look like? How much are you traveling? How much nights and weeks and weekends are you gone? Um, right? 
what what does that so you've you've achieved that success what does that look like and are you happy with that is that what you want your life to look like and they're like oh my gosh i never thought of it like that no i don't want that life and you see if they hadn't thought that through and they had, and they had gone and tried that and then maybe they didn't it didn't work out any of those lessons they learned weren't really helping them to get to where they ultimately wanted to go i mean yeah they learned that wasn't the path they wanted to go but they didn't learn any building blocks that would help them to get where they ultimately wanted to go. So a better example would be, um, I want to be an internet marketer and, uh, um, I think I want to launch this course and I build this course and I try to figure out these ads and I can't get them to convert and I'm running traffic and it's not working. Um, well I can leave that and go to something else in internet marketing and I can use everything I've learned there to, to build off of because it's ultimately getting to me where I want to go. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, I see that. It's um, I think though, <laughs> one way to look at that too is some lessons just take longer, and a lot of times when you find somebody who's had the experience, you can shorten the lesson taking. So that guy's lesson didn't take him two years of misery; it took him one good conversation with a guy who says, "Hey, wait a minute, time out. Right. <laughs> you're gonna right. learn this lesson. It's gonna take you a while, but you're gonna learn it." Because I've been on that lesson a couple times, you know, where I'm like. I just want to go do this and I take off, go do it. And I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't really think this one through, you know, I've done it all the time, man. I've done it all the time. Yeah. You, know? you start working on something for a, a, however long. And then you're like, what am I even doing with this? I don't yeah. even want this, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't even know. Uh, I, I got what I, I got what I set out to get, but I didn't even want it in the first place. I just wanted to see if I could do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that probably comes from, from just naturally wanting to solve different problems. You know, it's uh it's, I think it's a serial entrepreneur problem. Yeah, I think so. You know, and as a serial entrepreneur, I think you, I think one of the key components of, of being that entrepreneur is, uh, is optimism, right? So, um, I think, and, and I kind of believe I could do anything. And so what happens is, is I see something that looks like it could be done and I know I could do it. And so like, I just go do it. Right. Uh, but just because it needs to be done and, and I think I could do it doesn't mean I should be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the hardest words for us to, uh, I guess, not really live by, but some of them is just consistency. Right. So you'll see these guys and they'll build, you know, you mentioned being a jack of all trades and like, you know, getting to certain levels. But I know that if I had just played baseball instead of baseball, basketball, and football, like my, like, you know, the career path would probably set for me, but I just wanted to do all of them. And same thing with businesses. Like I had to learn that lesson. Like you need to get really, really, really good at certain things inside of your business and, uh, and find people that are really, really good at it as well at different things that you don't like to do Yeah, you know, consistently and, and stay in that thing and consistent and keep that consistency. And I think that's something that parents really need to talk to their kids about is that like, you know, I've interviewed a lot of people for hiring them, job hopping on a resume is like, that's a no, no, you know, for me, like that's almost, that's the big red flag. I see it's not really experience for people. It's more like, I want to know if you're going to be here and show up and, and put the work and get that stuff done. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think that's where I've, I've, I've had to slow down on myself, you know, is find that thing and, and, and try to max it out and go to the next thing. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, I think a lot of it really comes down to, um, like figuring out what it is that you want, like, where do you want to go? And, yeah. um, you know, I think, uh, all those false starts as we maybe just can call those, you know, trying these different things and then kind of turn around lead are because of that, right. Where I haven't taken the time 
to think that through. And, and uh, it's crazy, but like, I think it was Henry Ford that said, uh, thinking is such hard work. That's why so few people engage in it. And uh, thinking is, is really hard. As a matter of fact, our body doesn't want us to think. So like it uses an enormous amount of energy to think. And so our brain wants to make everything habits. So we do stuff on autopilot. And so if we, if we spend time thinking, like the, the body doesn't want that because um, it uses too much energy. And that's why if you spend a lot of time thinking, it's hard to hold that focus and you get tired really easily. But we need to think. And, and the sad fact is, I mean, if you, if you asked 100 people what their goal is, what are they actively doing right now to work towards their goal? I, I don't think, you know, 99 could probably tell you that. Um, and so um, that's what allows us to have all these false starts because I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing, you know. Um, but I'm guilty of it too. Yeah. It's a lot easier. It's, it's, it's actually the, once you've done enough business stuff, like if you have the goal, it's almost pretty easy to like structure to how to get to it. You know, a lot of times for it, it's just, uh, when you, when you don't, then, you know, like you said, the false starts is a good term for it, but feels like if you know what the goal is, especially if you see somebody else's, like you look into somebody else's business, once you've been doing this enough times, you know, and you've been coaching those kind of things, you can walk in and it's like clear as day, but the guy can't see it. You know, the lady can't see it because they're just in the muck, you know, and it's like clear as day. Like, well, what do you want to happen with this? Well, this is what I want to happen. Well, what are you doing to get there? Nothing, you know, or I'm doing all this other stuff that means nothing to it. Right. But from the outside looking in, it's like, wait, 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 just refocus yourself, man. That's why everybody needs coaches, you know. Everybody needs that outside, that outside perspective, and um, you need you need, you need someone to hold you accountable, and you need someone to give you that outside perspective. And so, um, everybody needs a coach. Everybody needs. Everybody should have a coach and be coached at the same time. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. Have Our a coach, coach and be coaching at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Um, regardless of where you're at, you know, because you need that. Yeah, I think so too. It's uh. I had not really delved into the coaching world, I guess, until maybe in the last like couple of years. And uh, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's crazy, but it's almost like a coach when you're playing sports, like you don't want to let them down. Yeah. For me. For sure. the so accountability piece. I, yeah. The accountability piece is, 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 uh, is one part that I never really expected because it was like, well, what do, what do they care if I do or don't, you know? Yeah. When you have somebody, well, like, I got to show uh, up, I mean, it makes it gives you that motivator. It's as simple as hiring a personal trainer at the gym, right? And if you hire a personal trainer, you're going to show up to the gym, which showing yeah. up is the first part, right? That's the biggest <laughs> battle. And then they'll give you the outside perspective, like, oh, no, you need to move your arms up this way or move, move it this way, right? So they can give you that kind of perspective that you couldn't get on your own. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's a, just an easy, perfect real-world example. Well, I want to jump in real quick on what you're doing with YouTube. I know it's going to be a kind of a shift from what we're talking about in a second, but, like, um, before – I want to run out of time before talking to you about it. So um, – because I saw a post you'd put up a, uh, a little bit ago. Can you give me some of the numbers? So you, you just give me, like, I know you talked about doing about a year ago, right? Yeah. So it's been just over a year now that I started doing YouTube. And um, the interesting thing is like, um, you know, I've been super into like personal development, obviously tons of business and investing all that stuff for a long time. And, and uh, all my friends, like so many of my close friends and family have always told me, Oh, you're a speaker. You should be a speaker. And I'm always like, no, no, no. That's the last thing I want. Um, but about a year and a half ago, my business partner at the time uh, had started this YouTube channel and he's like, Hey, do a video with me. Like, just come on. We'll do like a live stream together. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do it. And he kind of like, no, no, you got to come on. So I did. And like, I kind of liked it and, and people really responded well to it. 
And um, so then I did a couple more and then he's like, oh, just do a couple of your own videos. And I did. And then he's like, hang on, hang on. You got to get off my channel. Like, <laughs> he's like, I'm losing my identity. You need to go off. And I'm like, I don't want to start a channel. He's like, well, you have to. And we were business partners. He's like, I need you to for the business. You can't be on my channel. So I did. And so I kind of got reluctantly kicked, uh, forced into it, you know? Um, but it was like the best thing ever for me because like I told you, I'd kind of been doing this online marketing for years for, for over a decade, I don't know, 15 years. And I was marketing, you know, mortgage. That's kind of where I started like finance, like mortgage leads and, um, attorney leads or solar leads or whatever. And you're always setting up a campaign, campaign, campaign. And it's like, um, pro, you know, each product you're trying to figure out one at a time. And all of a sudden I built this YouTube channel and now it's like, I have this platform and I feel like I went from like having a job to like a career where now I have this platform of people that are following and that, um, as long as I continue to provide them value, um, they're always going to continue to come back to me. And so, um, yeah, man, within a year, um, thing, big things happened. We, uh, we uh, broke into the two comma club and click funnels. So that means we did over a million dollars of sales. Um, and mind you that this is with no paid ads, this is all organic. So there was no cost to that. Um, went on to do several million, uh, over $4 million that first year, just off of YouTube alone, organically. Um, and well, I don't want you to pass over that, man. That is a massive, massive accomplishment because there's a lot of people out here that are gurus. They've got rented cars and rented Airbnbs and shooting photos or you got all these people that maybe they're not doing that. They're not as flashy, but they're also like, oh, I did a million dollars in sales and I've got my thing for this year. But they spent $900,000 in ads and $200,000 in promotion. So they lost a hundred grand doing it, but they did, they did a million dollars in revenue. You know, that YouTube thing you just skipped over was, I didn't pay for that. The magic word was organic, right? Right. That is, yeah. that is amazing. And so like, what did you, did you crack the algorithm or did you, you know, is this some massive thing where I think, you know, I think there's, there's, or, there's, I think, I think some of each. So, um, I think, I think there's some of each. So I think I figured out a formula. I don't want to say the YouTube algorithm is tough to crack and I've definitely found a bunch of pieces that make that uh, work, but I'd say it's the formula. So it's the combination of using the YouTube algorithms um, in combination with um, traditional copywriting storytelling frameworks. And so um, when you put when you put the whole formula together, it becomes super powerful. So yes, there's a YouTube al algorithm, right? So like um, people want to tell you, uh, oh yeah, just get SEO keywords that people that search for and just name all your videos that. And that, that, that's cool, you know, but like, 20% of my traffic comes from search. Yeah. 80% of my traffic comes from YouTube suggesting my videos. We were talking earlier and you were saying every time you get on YouTube, you see Graham Stephan, right? Yeah. YouTube is shoving it down your face, right? So like I want YouTube to promote me. Oh yeah. And so there's the whole side of the algorithm for that. Um, and so, yeah, you can get all the SEO keywords you want, but it's like, that's, that's, that's one part of the trade. So it's kind of like this formula of, of, uh, of one, using search, two, using YouTube to promote you, three, really providing massive value so people start to come back to you, people watch more of your videos. Um, so, so that's all part of growing the channel, but then how do you um, monetize the channel, which is mm -hmm. the next part, which is then like um, learning how to get somebody um, that watches your videos to trust you and get them offline so that you can start a conversation with them offline, build a relationship with them offline, finding out what, finding out what their needs, problems are, et cetera, and then finding solutions to those problems that you can offer them for, for money. 
And so, um, yeah, it's a formula, right? So there's definitely the how to get videos on YouTube, how to grow your audience on YouTube. Um, there's the, but then there's the, how do I build the relationship with the audience? And then how do I get them offline and then, and then make money from them? Yeah. How do they become customers? How do they become customers, you know? And so a lot of that's obviously traditional stuff. Like you're in online marketing and sales. So you kind of get that right where it's, you know, copywriting and value, value swaps and, um, things like that. Um, so, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of it, but as far as growing YouTube fast, I think, um, really, like I said, it's, it's trying to figure out what those YouTube algorithms are. Um, and learning how the, what the search algorithms are and learning like good copy, like those three together, I think are super powerful. That's really cool, man. And I, uh, congratulations on the success. And I feel like it's going to snowball because I, that's what my understanding is, is that, that as you were, you know, we kind of talked a little bit offline about it, but as you're breaking through like certain milestones, the milestones get bigger and faster. Yeah, it's been, it's been good. Right. So then, uh, just a couple months ago, I launched a new, uh, investment newsletter and, uh, just went on video to my audience. Hey guys, what do you guys want to learn? Boom, drop. Okay. Let me start a new newsletter that'll address that and, you know, pull the six figure launch just out of thin air, you know? Um, so that's the power of having that platform. Um, Russell Brunson says it's, uh, sending, sending the bill to the list. <laughs> so you want to buy a new truck? That new truck, $70,000. So then remember I told you that magic question earlier is how. Yeah. How could I get $70,000 out of my list? What, what would they buy that could generate $70,000? What do they need? And so with an audience, it's super easy. I showed you real quickly how I could do polls real fast and get a thousand people to tell me what they want. So I just put out a couple of polls. I get you know a couple thousand people tell me what they want and then that's my next product, right? So. Um, it, it becomes uh, super easy and, and, you know, I don't want it to sound, um, salesy at all. Um, what I learned in sales a long time ago is that if you help other people get what they want, you get what you want. So it's not about me. It's not about me getting what I want. It's about me always helping people get what they want. And when I do that, then I can get what I want. And that's the framework you take to or the, or the mindset, I guess. Well, and that's the framework for everything. And so one way you grow a channel super fast is every single time I sit down to do a video, I think about my audience. What can I help them with? What is the one thing that I could teach them right now? What, what could they take away from this video that they'll feel like they've learned by? So like I've had people lots of times like, oh, you're a YouTube guy. I'm a YouTube guy. We should do a collab. I'm like, okay, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. We'll just get on the talk. I'm like, no, I won't do that. Because I won't, I won't waste my audience's time. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to just get on and talk. If I'm going to talk to my audience, I'm going to bring them value every single time. Do you, I start value with that. The, do you start with the goal and then work into the content? Um, you so, have a, if, you're, if you're looking at a problem to solve, right, or that they want, the information that they need, whatever that is, is that where you're starting with? So you're starting with, here's the end goal of what I want this talk to have a solution to it or uh yes and no so there's there's a couple different ways you know there's there's a couple different video formats but like one would be um something like that so like um what's something that i could teach about so let's say for example um i want to for investing i would say like let's talk about um one investing strategy and it's dollar cost averaging all right now what are the three points that i should teach them about dollar cost averaging Right. So I'd talk about the problem. The problem is people are trying to time stocks. They're trying to buy high and sell low, but it's, it's almost impossible to time. So I might build that problem up. 
here's what statistics say, here's why it doesn't work, then I might twist the pain a little bit, right? So like the problem is if you do it, here's what happens and here's what can happen. So here's a strategy, dollar cost averaging. So I'd you know, build up the problem, twist the pain, and then present a solution, dollar cost averaging. And then I'd say, here's three things that you could do, right? So one, do consistent buying on a weekly basis or monthly basis, do two, right? So that might be one way to do it. Um, but typically it's kind of uh, a problem solution type of, uh, type of script. That's cool. And that's, I think the reason I wanted to ask that is because that's how you're drawing out your value to your, your end users, right? As instead of aimlessly talking about it, there's a goal to get to and you're, you're helping them, you know, there's a, there's a goal to get to. Yeah. So, you know, if I was in the real estate niche, which I'm not, I'm not really in the, I don't really talk much about real estate. I'm not really in that niche, but you know, so um, I would want to find out who my audience is, well, they're real estate investors. And so then I'd make videos about um, what they, what problems they would have. So like, uh, Hey, um, here's three easy steps to get uh, people that don't tenants out fast if they stop paying. Right. And Hey, I had this problem. Here's a big problem. Actually in these States, it take, could take 90 days to get people out. Here's the problems. You could lose this much money. You could lose a whole year's of profit. Here's three steps that you should do to get people out really quick. Right. Um, so like every time you do a video, you're just trying to like think about their problems and just come out with solutions for that. That's awesome, man. Um, listen, I want to, uh, I want to stop there um, to be mindful of the time, but it's, uh, I want to, I want to ask though, what's that, uh, if this, you know, I want people to come and get more of this information because I know you and I know you bring, like you said, tons of value, it's value driven. And so that means it's not going to be time wasting. So it's basically the reason your YouTube channel is blown up the way it has in the last year. Where do they go find you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, what I get on my YouTube channel is all the time I get hundreds or I've got thousands of comments of people saying, Oh my gosh, why do you teach this for free? Like I'm, a, I've been asked that question so many times. Why do I teach that for free? But that's, if you're not getting that question, you're not doing a good job in my opinion. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah. I mean, obviously you go to my channel, Mark Moss. Um, like I said, I speak mostly about, um, about investing topics. However, um, I've had, dozens of my friends and, and associates start asking me these strategies and I've been coaching them through there. I just got back from funnel hacking live, which you weren't able to make it to, which was in Nashville, a huge event, the big marketing conference of the year. And I've got like 50, 60 people asking me to teach these strategies. So I did just create a YouTube, I'm sorry, a, a Facebook group. Um, yeah. and, uh, basically it's, it's free. So it's a free group. Um, you can just join it, ask your questions. I'm going to start doing like teaching in there a couple times a week answering questions that way I can talk to everybody at one time um, instead of trying to do one at a time and it's just called perpetual video profits perpetual video profits you can join it for free and uh, it's just a way that I can just do free training out of there I call it perpetual because um, you'll kind of like this being a real estate guy is that um, there's a big difference between YouTube and all the other platforms right so um, YouTube isn't really social media right so LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever, I post on there and within a couple hours, it's gone. Yeah. Right? But YouTube is a search engine. So you people go to YouTube to learn. So when I make um, topics that are relevant, how to grow your Instagram following really fast, how to create a lead magnet that will attract thousands of leads, how to write and to make these videos, they'll pull in leads for years Yeah, for years. So like I make a video that has like a lead magnet and 
that thing could be bringing me leads for who knows five years right and it's making me income off of youtube as well i was thinking about calling it video estate because each video is almost like having a real a rental property a rental property right each yeah. one is bringing me five leads a month or ten dollars a month and eventually i have a thousand videos and it's bringing me a thousand leads a month right yeah. and so every time i put up a video it's like this one is there forever and will always bring leads and revenue this one will always bring leads but this one will always be this one and every time i drop one i just keep building that base out that's awesome that's a uh that's a that's a fantastic way to think about that as little video real estate rentals you know yeah so no more people telling us you can't get out there without any i don't have the money or the time or the uh, or the knowledge right that's that 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 knocks it all, all three of those three out so yeah exactly yeah. Awesome, man. Well, hey, listen, I want to say thanks a lot. Um, you know, Money Talkers, make sure you go out there and check them out, man. Mark Moss brings it. He's, he's, got, a, he's got the right intentions of, of what he's teaching out there. And so that's why these things are blowing up for, uh, for him. And get onto YouTube. Go check out his video channel. I want to say thanks yeah. again, Mark. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers Community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kids financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker